I want to thank Austin for his help last Sunday. I know he had a great message. and wasn't a great message if you were here. Awesome. Thank you, Austin. Uh, we we uh, tried to get Emily down to uh, where she was going to fly out on Sunday, but the hurricane messed with us, so we chickened out and waited till another couple of days. So I don't know if that was chickening out or just playing good wisdom. Why well, get into something you don't have to if you, you know, common sense thing, you know. So we're back to the uh, book of Hebrews. We've been kind of making our journey through each chapter. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 4, uh, calling this uh, message today, Entering His Rest, and what that really means uh, in, and from a scriptural standpoint, what that really means in the things uh, that we, you and I go through every day in our livelihood. Sometimes we just got to take a deep breath of air and realize who is really in control and sort out our priorities, fix our eyes on Jesus and allow him to strengthen us so that we can keep going on this race that is called life here on this earth. We'll get to the end of the chapter in the book of Hebrews. We'll talk about a race. Next week we're going to talk about a weird name, Melchizedek. Not sure a lot about him. We don't know a lot about him. It's kind of a mystery, but that's coming next week. Last week, we were in the third chapter. We discussed a little bit about the warnings about unbelief in a heart that can sometimes drift and sometimes get callous and sometimes kind of get in a place where we're not really where God wants us to be. God wants us to be pursuing the things that he has for us, walking in faith. But we need encouragement to do that. We need to encourage one to another, as he said in verse 13 of chapter 3, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any one of you be hardened by deceitfulness of sin. So what does harden our heart? What is it that hardens our heart is sin and unbelief, basically, sin and unbelief. But the Lord can take care of that. We can be freed up. We can be, the weight of sin can be lifted. Hallelujah. We don't have to be bothered by the enemy and his fiery darts that come after us from time to time to remind us of our sin. We need to remind the devil that our, the price of our sin has been paid for. Full, full swing. So by the time we get to chapter 4, you'll notice in the book of Hebrews, he uses the word therefore quite often. Therefore, therefore. Every time we read it, therefore, we got to, well, why is this thing therefore? It's the thing because of this. Verse 4, I'll read verse 1. Therefore, let us fear lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should, come, should seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, what is, who's they? Well, the children of Israel. The nation of Israel. They heard, they, they heard the word, the word they heard did not profit them. Why? Because it was not united by faith in those who heard. And so do you mean to tell me I can sit and listen to the word of God all day unless, and 
if I don't engage my faith, it just it really isn't going to take a hold. Yeah. Well, how do you know that? So our first point is we are united by faith. We, we get connected to the Lord. He has already done the work for our salvation. Now we just have to believe what he's done and accept him and admit that we cannot save ourselves. That's, self, that's how salvation happens. We become to a place where we admit, oh, I get it. I can't save myself. I can't work hard. I can't be good enough. I can't, I can't, but he can. Now, faith actually has to do with I trust in the Lord as Savior and I'm leaning on his leading or direction. That's kind of my own little definition of faith. There's other words in the Bible that does much better than that. For example, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. How many remember that one? We walk by faith and not by sight. So what, in other words, what appears sometimes that's going on in this life may not always be what it appears to be. Or the uncertainties of knowing about, well, what, uh, young people get this question, when are you going to graduate? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do? Yeah, ask Andy. You know. And, a lot of times we just we're not sure yet. You know what? That's okay. Because God often leads us day by day. And when you get to this point, then you'll know. And when you get to this point, he'll open a door for this thing. It's just step by step. If we knew the whole story, we probably wouldn't sleep at night. Come on. By faith, and we'll get to this later in the book of Hebrews. Abraham went out looking for a city. He was looking for a place where God had called him. Now, the little letter of James has another clue as far as our faith igniting or engaging in the Word of God. He says it this way in James chapter 1, verse 22, but prove yourselves doers of the Word. And not merely hearers of the word. Right? So what makes more, what's more effective? Someone that is living the life out, or someone that just talks about it, but they never live it out? I'm sure you know that answer. So I learn more about what, what, what is it you're saying by watching someone else. I learn how to walk with God because other people before me have walked before God. And I learn how to pray because I catch on. Many things are more things, even are more caught than taught. Now we need teachers. God gives teachers. But this whole teaching thing, how do we apply it? How do we put it into our everyday life? And that's where faith really meets, uh, rubber meets the road, so to speak. Our faith has to kick in. We have to have faith. So I'm talking to a man this week on the job, and it was an interesting uh, day for me because I had uh, acquired a chip in my eye from hammering on a piece of concrete, and it flew, and I didn't have my safety glasses on. I dug at it for a while, a couple hours. Finally, I said, Mike, I'm going to lay in the grass. You try to find this thing, and I did, and he got it out for me. But long story longer, I get that one from Cal. Anyway, 
um, the homeowner was offering me these, he had a whole selection of safety glass. He happened to be a salesman, I think, for a big company. He comes out with this bundle of safety glasses. Well, why didn't you come earlier? You know, I'm thinking, I didn't say that. He, he comes out, and, well, this is the after the fact. I learned my lessons, and hopefully it'll stick. And uh, he begins to talk a little bit, and I'm just getting to know him. And he had mentioned earlier, when I first got to know him on the first day, a couple of days before that, he said he had some medical, he, had, he, he, quit. he was in construction, but he stopped doing it because he had some medical reasons. Well, the day that I was working there again, he said he died once, and that got my attention. I had to say, now, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? Did you have any experience? Well, he didn't see anything, but he had this overwhelming sense of peace. And what he said to me was this, it strengthened my faith. So, clue, how do we get faith? That's our next point, but when you hear from somebody that's had an experience with God, a testimony, what does it do to your faith? It boosts your faith. It encourages your faith. It's exactly, into our second point, it is exactly how the Lord intended it to be. When the children of Israel were making their journey out of slavery and getting into the promised land, miracle after miracle after miracle happened. Later on in the Old Testament, I'm skipping over to Deuteronomy 6, before I get there, a couple more verses. This will get Austin. He's checking away here on the verses. Romans 10, 17. How many remember? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Some of you know that by heart. In other words, when I hear the word of God spoken, it builds my faith if I choose to believe. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even to death. They were ready to die for Christ. But they encouraged each other. Now we'll go over to Deuteronomy. When's the last time you read anything out of Deuteronomy? Well, there's there's some good things. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. This is lifestyle evangelism. And you shall bind them on as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build. And on and on he goes. Young people need to hear history. 
and personal testimony about your God. And it's not It's not transferred to them in an automatic way, but it's a courage. If a young person has the privilege to grow up with believing parents, their chances of becoming believers are increased dramatically. So our job is to live it in the family. Just, just Even when you're in the grandpa-grandpa season and the great-grandpa-grandpa-grandpa, blah, 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 season. You are influencing. Talking about the things of God, even things that made me say, I've said that before. Because it will increase people's faith. The Word of God is the most effective as people read it, begin to memorize it, begin to hide it in their heart, begin to use it. And now this whole thing of entering His rest has to do with a place that God has for you and I, that we come to a place in our spiritual life that we are at peace. The rest is that we are at peace with True rest is that we are in right relationship with God. Nothing in the world can ever take that place. Until we are squared away with God, everything in our life will feel tension, will feel not complete. Something's missing without the link to a relationship with Jesus. And how do I enter that place of rest? comes by hearing that Jesus Christ died on a cross, was resurrected for you and I. I once was lost, but now I'm found. It begins, that's where you begin to walk in your faith, begin to exercise your faith, begin to think not what I can do, but what he can do now. Not what I can do, but what he's going to do. The Word of God is likened in verse 12. I read this from Hebrews 4. The Word of God is living and active. How many have read verses you've read before? But that time, this time around, it comes in a different way. That's the living and active. I believe there's a, a portion of Scripture for every circumstance in this life for you. I believe that God can speak into your heart through the Word of God that was written so long ago. God breathed through people, through men. God breathed. God used them as instruments. It is God's Word. And when we lose sight that the Scripture is the true Word of God, we lose our whole sense of foundation. Some of the problem is going on in our world today for that whole thing that we're confused over what is truth. Jesus is the truth. And so this word is likened to a double-edged sword. And just get the picture in your mind. When they were fighting in Old Testament times, they had a sword that would go both directions. 
Can you just envision that? It was intense as they swung this way and they swung this way. Unbelievable. But he's picking up on the Word of God works in every situation, in every circumstance, in every battle that you will face. The Word of God is sharp and piercing as far as the divisions of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Another way to look at the Word of God is like a filter. When I read the Word of God, it filters my heart. It helps bring my thoughts and my intentions, my attitudes under submission if I choose to surrender. This battle, we need the Word of God. In the battle that you're facing right now, the spiritual battle, use the Word of God. When he Enemy tries to bring you down with discouragement. We have to get ourselves in a place where we are going to fight this thing and combat our thoughts. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Paul was talking about this very thing of spiritual warfare. And he writes, he wrote this, verse 4 and 5, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of the fortresses. Uh, a story comes to mind in the book of Acts when there were some people that thought they could take on the things of God and do the, do the battle in their own flesh, and they were stripped naked and run, but beat up by the devil. But these verses are training us and speaking to us that we fight spiritual battle with spiritual weaponry. What is our spiritual weaponry? Word of God. You know what else? Shield of faith. It's all listed in the book of Ephesians. It's all preparation of the gospel. It has to do with the Word of God. And every every, uh, piece that is mentioned in Ephesians all has to do with Jesus. So if you can't remember all the pieces, just say, Lord, close me. Didn't Romans say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the lust of the flesh? That was, that, that's the imagery we get here. And so for us to keep going forward, to keep fighting the good faith, to come to a place where we are at rest, we are at peace with God, it is going to take our effort to Unite our hearts with the Lord. Unite our hearts in faith. Once in a while, we can be human, and then we know it. Once in a while, I'm reminded eh, I'm very human. And we might as well admit it. The so-called being a spiritual person has to do with humility. Being able to admit your weaknesses. 
Even Paul, when he was praying over this thing that was in his life in the book of Corinthians about a thorn in his flesh, came to a place in his life where he said, okay, Lord, I played three times, nothing's happening. Then God spoke. And see, when God spoke, it was enough. God knows about it. God's going to take care of you. And so, in fact, God spoke to him and said, I'm allowing this to keep you humble. I'm allowing this so that you don't lean on your own strength. That's an interesting set of verses there. We're coming to a place where we realize that we are not going to be able to fight this fight in our own strength, only through the Lord. And so it leads me to the third point, and he brings us down to a place where it's called the throne of grace. We see these in the sets of verses 14 down on through the end of the chapter. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest you cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Isn't that a, that, that's a powerful verse. Jesus understands what it means to be in human flesh. We'll look at the verse. One who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Jesus overcame sin. Jesus resisted it. Let us therefore draw near. He understands every temptation. Therefore, there it is again, therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time. I, I don't know about you, but I need that every day. I need His grace every day. I need His mercy every day. I need His help and, and, and being able to... Uh, to go into the community, to do my job, to work, to, to be able to be a witness. Sometimes, well, it's kind of fun sometimes people find out about me. I, I mean that enough. I, I don't like to say, well, I'm pastor so-and-so. You know, I just don't because I, I just want to be a believer. But it's interesting that people get all this expectation of it. Oh, you must be perfect. No. No way. Our purpose is not to be perfect. Our purpose is to point the way to the perfect one. Right? Our purpose is to help people find the path that you have a worn path in your prayer life. You know the way to the throne room. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your personal relationship with Jesus. What frees me up so often is I don't have to have the answers. I just got to bring people to Jesus. Because I can't heal them. I can't fix their problem. I can't build, you know, restore them, but Jesus can. And if I could just help them find Jesus, and Jesus comes into their life, and Jesus begins to to reveal himself and begin to pour his peace. And they begin to understand what it means. Jesus is their Lord. 
draw near with confidence. How can we do that when we feel so often so unworthy? What do you mean draw near with confidence? You mean that we can boldly come into the presence of God? That was not the way it worked in the Old Testament, friends. You know that. They had to bring the right people in, the Levites that were chosen. They had to have the right kinds of sacrifices prepared, ready to present before. They had to get their own sins covered. Guess You know what? You know what happened? We are in a new covenant. Now Jesus has already made coverings. Jesus has already made provision. His sacrifice once for all, and that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. And so we look at this verse. Well, I've heard people say, well, God is too busy for me. No, he's not. Well, God's got bigger problems to deal with than mine. He's got bigger problems, but he still cares about you. He has time for you. And he's inviting you. Come boldly. It's like, it's like he's expecting you. He's wanting you. He's looking for you. He's like the father seeing in a distance his son that was prodigal. He's looking. How did that father know? How did he look up across? He saw his son across the field. That gives me a clue that he had to be looking for him every day. He saw him from a distance. He did not give up on him. And oh, there you are. No, he was looking. And that's our Lord and Savior, the good shepherd that looks for the lost sheep. And then we have these wonderful words in the New Testament. Jesus himself said these words. Come to me. All who are weary. All who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Isn't that a relationship? My yoke is not a burden. You shall find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. What? My load is light. Why am I so... We used to sing a song. can't remember the title now, but... A song, something about... Why am I so down? Something about being burdened. But bringing those things to the Lord. Why am I carrying so much? Why am I feeling so much? Why am I so discouraged? Oh, I know what it is. The song, His eye is on the sparrow, and He's watching over me. You know it, probably. We forget. We forget. I have a tendency to take on too much. I have a tendency to look at it from my perspective. And then I realize, no. It's God. It's by His grace. And I'm laying in bed the other night. Does God ever give you something? Sometimes you're just laying there and a boom, a scripture comes in. And it happened to me. Psalm 46, verse 10 and 11. 
King James Version says, be still. Uh, New American Standard, which I'm reading from, says, cease striving. I like this. Cease striving. Stop striving and know that I'm God. Take a breath. Breathe in His Spirit. Worship Him. I will be exalted among the nations. Oh, this has come all over and over again in the book of Ezekiel, our Wednesday night study. God deserves the glory. He will not tolerate other so-called gods. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord, the God of Jacob is our strong. How many are going through some things right now? You just say, Lord, I need, I need peace. I need assurance. I need your, I need your voice. I need to hear your voice. I need it. I need to. I just need to have a fresh touch and renew my spirit. We can do that. We can turn to him. Ask the musicians help me out again. We got one more song I want to sing. And after we sing this little bit, the song it reminds us how much God has already done for us. Sometimes we forget that God is good. I mean, we know that. But how many, how many times has He helped you? How many times He's maybe protected you, you didn't even know it? How many times has He given you wisdom? You didn't know what to do. When you reached your end, he came through. Let's sing it. I invite you to stand with us.